With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. with you. You know it's time to begin and wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. Especially if you're one of our geeks in sneaks, using this podcast to power you through a workout or a run, or even if you're just doing the dishes or sitting in traffic, hey, maybe you turn this on. So the kids will just give you 90 plus minutes of peace and quiet. Well, we're going to help in the only way we know how by being in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness, because DLC is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free. Thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash DLC pod. They bring the show to you, their generosity and support means we get to keep making these. And in exchange, they get some cool stuff. That's right. Bonus content, ad-free episodes. They get a video version of the show on demand. And so much content, ladies and gentlemen. They get the audio podcast version of the DLC Book Club with myself and Lana Bashinsky talking about the Malazan Books of the Fallen and all kinds of reading, reading joys. They get... Feeling This, the show where Christian Spicer and Alex Solman talk about the feelings behind video games. Season two, coming June 23rd. And of course, every single week, it's the paid DLC program on Wednesdays where Christian, Lana Bashinsky, and myself get together and we hash it all out. Let's be honest, it gets real. And you gotta be a patron to get it in your ear holes at patreon.com slash pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Canada, the spell with two N's and one T. And I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who, long ago, long before I was on the train, predicted that uh, those Nuggets were going to win the NBA title. Uh, <laughs> It's Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. Uh, do you know that you can register to vote right now? Like what? we talk about this, like close to voting time. And I was like, you yeah. know what? People can do it now. If you're re-upping your driver's license, like check with your state. But like you don't need to wait until like you're fired up or riled up or, you know, in the depths of political. You can just register to vote and then you'll forget that you did. And then you'll get a little mailer that's like, hey, don't forget. And you'll be like, I did that already. Anyway. It's pretty good. Register. Yeah. It's, it's know, a good idea. It's a good idea. Take, the, take, take a minute today instead of uh, waiting till later. That's a, that's a great suggestion, Christian. Um, there's a lot. It's all happening. We're, we're, we're getting up there. We're getting <laughs> Remember, close to uh, Summer Games Fest. We're getting close to the, the ghost of E3 visiting us in the night. We are getting, it's, it is the uh, summer 
And uh, that used to mean, I'm old enough, ladies and gentlemen, to remember when that meant uh, there were no video game coming out. There's no, there was nothing. We, Sony was, like, was, was sending Infamous out to die. That's know? right. Like, oh, game out <laughs> was, of summer? Yeah, it was just waiting around till E3. No longer! Now we got some of the biggest games of the year hitting. We've got tons of news to talk about. We got new hardware announcements. Holy moly. But we are lucky, ladies and gentlemen, because we have one of our best guests on with us to do that. You know the DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, once again, DLC stands for Die, Live, Continue, because... From the Spawn on Me podcast empire, it's our friend, Khalif Adams, back with us again. Hey, Carl, what's up? My brothers, I have missed you so. It has been a long time, and I, I have to say that it just makes me so happy to see your smiling faces. And it makes you me know so happy. Likewise, the the, the 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 theme song is a banger. I was bopping to that. I was like, "Oh, you guys refresh that pretty often." I was pretty good. I was like, "Okay, okay, okay." So I'm I'm just excited to be here and rock with you as always, and and, and we get to chop it up and hang out. You are and the likewise. very best, and we yeah, we love you. We miss you. It's been too long. I looked at the at the calendar. I was like, Cleve hasn't been on in months. We got to change that. <laughs> and hey, perfect time to have you on because I know I've seen on Twitter you've been talking a lot about Street Fighter Six. Uh, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. And we got, you know, it's just this time of year where everything's, we're just amping up and the video games are hitting hot and heavy. We got banger after banger after banger coming out and, uh, and we're getting ready for the biggest news of the year. Sony already had their E3 car. It's like, it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts. It's a very, very busy time. I, I'm <laughs> excited to, to be going down to L.A. next week and, and yeah. go check out all the goodies and, and hopefully see all the, the stuff that's going to be coming out very, very soon. Hopefully, because uh, yeah. a lot of the stuff that we saw in that Sony conversation didn't have a date. But that's a whole other conversation uh, for, for a previous time, because I'm sure you already talked about that. Well, um, let's, let's dig into all the new yeah, stuff and start the show the way we always do. The story of the week. Story of the Week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. That's also where you can send any comments or questions you have. Anything you'd like us to know, we love hearing from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also hang out in our... In our uh, our communities. We have a couple of cool places to hang out. One of them is our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. And the other is our Discord, which is also 5x5dlc on Discord. Great folks hanging out, talking about games, all sorts of other stuff. I urge you to take part in the cool community. But Khalif, you are our guest, so you get first pick of stories. What would Ooh. you consider to be your story of the week? Well, hot off the heels of the conversations around the Sony showcase, uh, it was interesting to see Sony's CEO, uh, Kinchero Yoshida, talk about Project Q and some of the issues that we may possibly see with cloud gaming. Of course, the conversation will dip into a little stuff that we were talking about in some of the other stories of the week around Microsoft and other layers, but I think it was really interesting to hear you know, Sony kind of say, hey, we have this really cool thing for you, but also there are problems with the way that it might potentially work in the real world because cloud gaming has not necessarily fully gotten its due. And, you know, we have talked about this on previous shows, and I'm sure that that conversation from a tech standpoint has been out there before, but at least in here in the East, 
you know, infrastructure is a big part of that conversation. It was kind of interesting to hear this very Japanese companies talk about a thing where their internet infrastructure is much better than ours here in the States and them still having some constraints around, you know, the way they're thinking about bandwidth, the way they're thinking about the, you know, internet connectivity, talking a little bit about, you know, what happens when a bunch of folks jump on the cloud at the same time in the same ways we've seen, you know, outages and, and, you know, DDoSs and a whole bunch of other versions of, you know, you having to sit in a queue because everybody's been cramming onto the, onto the server. That's um, why it's called the queue. That's why they call it Project Q. You nailed it. You Project Q. Project wait. Project hold. Project, excuse me? I'm next. Um, but, but, I, but I like that. I like the fact that to a certain extent, like, again, I think what's what's beautiful about what we're kind of seeing now is like we're all digging into these really interesting layers of handheld technology. It feels like handheld is having an interesting renaissance with the Steam Deck the ROG ally and now with project Q coming into there and even that Logitech device that was, that was in the mix a, a little while ago. Um, but to hear a company say this while also trying to, to stick their toes into the water. I, I mean, if you're a Sony fan, I don't know what that means for you yet. I think most of the, you know, the connectivity that you see is kind of more uh, directly to your console as opposed to just kind of in the same cloud streaming that we think of an Xbox uh, uh, cloud service or or the Logitech versions of those. Um, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts about you know where this kind of lands for for both of you. I know Christian. I know you're you you've been down with the cloud for a minute. Uh, and, I'm, I'm like a vape god. I've been living in the cloud for so wow. long. You know, I don't Christian, know if that's... Christian Raiden uh, Spicer. <laughs> I'm not uh, sure you want to. That's yeah, where right? you want to yeah. be. Uh... <laughs> Do you even cloud, bro? Oh, I, I don't see... vape. I don't vape. I just cloud. Uh, yeah. If I see, I see someone vaping. And I see their big puffy cloud. I put my controller in there, and I'm like, you know, like an '80s video game commercial. <laughs> uh, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts about like where where do you think this is kind of leading their new device, the one that they're debuting and asking you to pay some money for? If they're also saying, hey. We also see that there might be some issues with the way it potentially could work because of just cloud not being there yet. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, 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 it's very interesting. I, I, yeah, Christian, I'm curious what you think. We don't know what the price is yet. Uh, we, it was a weird kind of rollout at the yep. thing where it was sort of like, oh, by the way, I mean, not to interrupt all these fun video games. <laughs> <announcing."> <laughs> Just real quick, just no, like don't even worry about it, but just real hey, quick, sorry. I want to tell you, I'm so sorry. Hardware. Yeah. There's also earbuds, earbuds, but also like we're doing this thing. Don't even. Uh -huh. Okay, now back to the games. Don't worry yeah. about it. It yeah. felt very strange. Um, and now we've got we've got literally the CEO of Sony going like, ah, we don't even know if it's gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, very, it's a very odd positioning. But Christian, Cleve is right. You're you're Mr. Cloud. You're Mr. Uh, sick Cloud guy. I, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm puff puff pass when it comes yeah. to uh, passing uh. a handheld gaming. You know that's that's my uh, that's my motif. I love handheld yeah. gaming. Uh, Khalif, you uh, failed to mention um, analog. That's cool in the playdate, but that, no one oh, no yeah. one was counting. No one was like keeping you track were. of Sounds the like handhelds. Reasonable, you know, exactly I, I, what you were doing. Keeping a list. I didn't have them numbered. I wasn't Reasonable. Counting. Yeah. Um, what I find fascinating about this is that Sony was one of the first to spend big money on cloud with not launching their own, but buying Gaikai. I believe yep. it was Gaikai. It was the yep. OG company and 
bringing that into the fold and doing things with remote play before Xbox was doing anything like that. I remember I was doing a, uh, I was on the road for comedy and I had like, you know, Apple has now since de- uh, uh, what do they call it? Like put it out to pasture. There's a term and like Apple quit oh, supporting decommissioned. Or... Yeah, it's something like the end of life or I don't know. It's like it's not that old. And Apple's like, oh, God, you brought that into our store. Please leave. Like they don't they don't service it anymore. I was on <laughs> one of those laptops on the road doing shows. And I was like, oh, I can play. It's probably Assassin's Creed three. I don't know what I'm saying is that it was technologically speaking forever ago that I was streaming something from my device at home to this laptop and playing on the road and being like, this is cool. Like it's a little janky, but this is cool. And on the Vita, they had remote play, which is really interesting. And then also cloud technology has now been rolled into their PS plus tiers, the highest tier um, where you can play some back catalog games, I think because PS3 is problematic to emulate. Um, And so like they, they've kept dipping their toes into this water and I think they're clearly excited about it. But I think also they seem to, I think, realize the difficulty of making it mainstream because my pitch to you, Jeff, about Project Q that I find fascinating, and maybe it's just the the screen resolution which holds it back. If Project Q is able to in-home stream reliably with low latency, crisp picture, why do I have a cord going from my PSVR 2 to mm. my PS5? Well, uh, Project Q is is 1080p 60, right? Uh, PSVR 2 is uh, what, two screens at 90 frames a second. Um, mm-hmm. At um, I don't even know what the resolution is of each eye, but it's more than 1080p. <laughs> so I think that's right. your answer. But um, but I you know it's I guess it's a fair point. I I think it's interesting. You know, we haven't really stepped through exactly what um, um, Mr. Yoshida said here. Uh, but he basically says that, um, you know, there are, uh, it is very financially inefficient to run uh, <laughs> cloud services when players aren't playing. So with non-peak hours. And then on peak hours, this just basically just won't work. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like it's, you're uh you're you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Kind of a situation. Spin him up, shut them down. Spin them up. Yeah. Shut them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said. Um, he talked about the the that period of the day when people are logging on, like after work hours, as the dark time. <laughs> he said the dark time for cloud gaming had been an issue for Microsoft as well as Google. Uh, but it was meaningful that we were able to use those quieter hours for AI learning. <laughs> I, I, you know, he, here's what I will applaud the honesty and and willingness to enumerate the issues that they're tackling because it's it you know a lot of times these uh, people who are pr trained in 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 these companies high up in these companies just won't even be honest about it and i think it's encouraging at least that they're acknowledging that hey the you know this is still emerging technology We're, we're still figuring all this stuff out and he does say we are you know, we want to take on these challenges. We want to 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 overcome the things that are going to be hard. I don't know. I mean, Christian, are you legitimately excited for this thing? Because you can play PS5 games sitting in your bathtub? They haven't told me the secret sauce behind it yet. Because I can already do that on my backbone. I can right, already do that right. with a 20-minute 
I think maybe for a first time person, it'll probably take you 20 minutes to get it up and running on your Steam Deck. It, it, Logitech already has a device that does this. My laptop does it. My iPad does it. Like none of them do it with full dual sense, you know, adaptive trigger, vibration, haptic features. But if that's the only secret sauce of this device, I think it's a, a harder sell. Now, if it comes in at a hundred bucks or something that like I'm feeling sad one day. <laughs> <laughs> Your Instagram purchase. You're like, yes, oh, yes, they got me. Yes, yes, you get it. Yeah. Like yeah. then I then I get it. And and also, is it on store shelves? Am I walking around Target and go, you know what? I will. Or is it just PlayStation Direct and it's going to require me to jump through these hoops? Like I'm, I think there are still more questions about does this provide, I guess there are three. Does it provide a better uh, streaming technology or connection than what I can already do via remote play? How expensive is it? And how easy is it is it to get? And those are the three questions that I think are more important than even it being 1080p <laughs> for me. Uh, Khalif, what what is your feeling about Project Q? Is this something that you're intrigued by? Are you do you feel like it's it's something that a lot of people are going to want, or does it feel like a a technology in search of a use case? I'm gonna I'm gonna you know I'm gonna pull in uh, Brother Yoshida and say I'm gonna use my use my my big my big voice and say no one's gonna buy this. I'm gonna be really honest about it and be like <laughs> no one no one's gonna get this. I don't think it's a thing that people need. Nor is it a thing that people really, really in their hearts and minds and souls want. It is a very cool looking device that I think doesn't have an actual use case in the ways that, again, that, that Christian talked about. You can do all of this stuff on other devices already, which which is the reason why when they pulled, they rolled this out, I was like, well, who is this for? And then hearing some of the specs about it being an LCD 1080p screen, I was like, I, this is you're, you're going backward in a weird way you're going forward with the technology that's under the hood but the actual hardware itself is going backwards so it's a really disparate conversation in my mind as a consumer so i don't see myself uh purchasing it i'd like to check it out and get it in my hands and see what it feels like and see if it feels like that experience that you were talking about does feel a little bit different but it also then harkens back to the to the the point that you made christian earlier which i thought was was really good and it does come back to what have they been doing with the Gaikai technology over mm. the past it's been 10 to 15 years at this point something to that effect i think i think they've had it at least for a decade because i remember that when they were doing that in the ps3 days i think so it feels really interesting as a news story to see them play around in new spaces i mean they've done really cool things with psvr2 which i think is brilliant i think project leonardo is super cool so i love to see sony continue to innovate in those ways but i also want them to stay in the pocket if that makes sense and like continue to make the things that they make really well <clears throat> and innovate on those things because even the stuff they put out there are some nagging issues with with some of those things like will we ever see a psvr unit that is wireless will we see you know the price of the dual sense elite controller whatever they call it come down a little bit um you know is is that going to be a thing mm -hmm. so I think there's space for them to to play and I want them to R&D that stuff, but I want it to be showtime ready when you bring it to the, to the masses. I think this is not ready for showtime yet. It's going to be interesting to see when we hear more about this project Q, um, mm -hmm. you know, is this, is this a 2023 thing? Is this next year? Is this, 
you know, what, when are we even going to see this thing rolled out? It, it really was such an afterthought type announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder I'm, if I'm so leaks curious. were a part of that, you know, like uh, it had been disguised that Tony's working on a new mm. handheld and instead of letting that hype train run amok, uh, they just said like, here's the thing that we're working on. We'll tell you more about it soon. Like, like one way I think this thing could maybe find a niche, still niche, but like maybe sustainable niche audience is that if, if it is a Wii U in a way, not like its own, not like a dual screen sense, but like you can also use this big controller as your PS5 controller. Like that's right. just your controller and the screen's not on. And then you're like, oh, oh now I'm going to go poop. Turn screen on. <laughs> and then you go poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> it's just. Oh, yeah. That's definitely no? a use case that you want to be an well, advertiser. But here's an interesting thing, Chris. <laughs> Poop technology from Sony. Yeah. But but here's the interesting thing, too. I think even now, even now hearing you talk about it in that way, this feels like a missed opportunity because they were the, the company that really started to innovate on the second screen experience. And that was a thing that they were touting for a long period of time of like, oh, you can do certain, certain things on your phone. You can yeah. do certain things, you know, having that connectivity there. It feels like that never really came to pass in a in a bigger way. And this would have yeah. been a perfect way to kind of reinvigorate that conversation into the ecosystem and say, oh, here's a thing that we can do. Because I don't I don't think it's touch. I don't think it's a touch screen. Also, well, they haven't think, said it is, but they also haven't said it is not. But yeah, I would be surprised if it is, honestly. May, maybe that adds some layer of, you know, hey, while you're playing Street Fighter, you can look through your trophies and say, what trophy didn't I get? Like, there's, yeah. there's got to be something in there I mean, that you can do have to kind of make that. Touch somewhere, right? I, just to recreate. What about, what about for Gran Turismo? It's just a big horn. <laughs> <laughs> It's your re- it's your like rear Mario view Kart. mirror. Yeah, it's your, re- your rear view, right? Yeah, it's just like Something. Mario Kart. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> so we'll Mario Kart. It's a horn button. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah. like I said, I, who knows when they'll be talking about this again? But uh, it's an interesting thing, and it's interesting that they're talking about how it's a challenge, you know. And, and I think cloud, while we have seen, and Christian has repeatedly brought up. All these other companies like NVIDIA doing a pretty darn good job with their stream <laughs> services. Uh, it's not easy. And it is something that is still, still, I think, needs convincing for a large mainstream audience. And we'll see if Sony can do it. All right. Uh, Christian, your story of the week, we will get to right after a new sponsor, which is Double Fine. What? Double Fine's Psych Odyssey, which is their docu-series about the making of Psychonauts 2. You know that we loved uh, Psychonauts and Psychonauts 2 on this show, if you've listened to us for a long time. We love Double Fine. Tim Schafer is one of the coolest people in the industry. And if you're listening to the show, it means you're going to enjoy this program. I've never been more sure about a sponsor in my life. You are going to enjoy the all access, behind the scenes, trials and tribulations, what it was actually like bringing Psychonauts 2 to life. The first episode starts with a look back at the first Psychonauts and how difficult that was for a fledgling studio. The upstart first release from Double Fine when Tim Schafer left LucasArts and started his own studio on his own with his own employees, made their first game. It was completely uncertain as to whether this game would even get published because it was so unique and groundbreaking and interesting. 
and scary for a lot of publishers. And then, uh, you know, 10 years later, they're making, uh, what, 10? Was it 10 or 15 years later, Christian, that they made uh, Psychonauts 2? It's an amazing story. And you get to see all of it, warts and all, behind the scenes uh, on these episodes. Christian, I know you've watched a bunch of them as well. I love this. And if you've listened to this show, you know, this is the type of gaming content I crave, the gaming content I hold up as an example of what the medium can be and what it represents and seeing this behind the scenes look at the the birthing of art and art that has impacted so many people and has blown people away. I mean, the call and demand for Psychonauts 2 and what those expectations meant and the success of one and bringing two to life and all of those things. It, this is hands down some of the best gaming media content ever, ever, ever made. And if yeah. you have a passing interest in either games or the studio or how games are made, or, I mean, it, it's silly to say, but it's like, it's about the people and it is, but it's also about the ideas of bringing art to life. And I love stuff that gets into the nitty gritty. And that's what this does. And again, like you said, it's so easy. (laughs) It's so easy to recommend. Um, It's been parting gifts several weeks. Um, It's it's a home run. It's really well made too. I mean, this is like a top tier docu-series. It's it's not just like, oh, it's some YouTube shorts. It's it's a really well made, in-depth, exquisitely uh, photographed. It's great. You can watch the entire series for free right now with no ads in 4k with real captions that are made by a human go to doublefine.com slash dlc to start your psycho odyssey check it out doublefine.com slash dlc all right christian spicer what is your story of the week so you guys know that uh, making video games is hard. Did you also know that merging giant billion dollar companies is hard? Because Microsoft is learning <laughs> know, about man. both of those. I don't know. Last week. time I spent 70 bill, <laughs> it seems so easy. I spent $70 on a bill. Does that count? Is that, uh, is that, is that yeah. the same thing? My phone bill. The first 70 was uh, the first half of the bill. Uh, big. I mean, maybe it's good that this Microsoft, there, there's a kind of bevy of Microsoft news this week, and it kind of clears the way for them to make their own news uh, the week after next, or I guess next week when you're listening. It's, this week, it's weird. We're at the beginning of a week. Next week, um, with Summer Games and, and their own conference on the 11th. Um, but the story, Jeff, that keeps on giving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> once, once upon a time. There was a billion dollar company named Microsoft and it loved a billion dollar company named Activision Blizzard King very, very much. <laughs> yes. And then what happened? Well, it, the birds and the bees and it wanted to make an honest company. That's funny. I didn't mean it to sound that way, but that is funny. But, of but out, the window, King. out the window, there were regulators watching everything. <laughs> Well, before they could make an honest company of Activision Blizzard King, they had to ask Activision Blizzard uh. King's governments for permission (laughs) man this uk regulatory stuff is the story that keeps giving because other countries seemingly except for the u.s i feel like the u.s is really just like no 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 we beat you in 1776 like 
but you do this first. <laughs> like you guys, you guys go ahead. We're going to see how you fight it out. We're, we're, we got you back. We're not saying anything, but we support you. Every other country's like past. We agree. We will, thumbs up. Pass, pass, pass. We will make our <laughs> definitive de- decision right after everybody else makes theirs. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so uh, keep, getting people up to date, uh, UK said, nope. And Microsoft has appealed and Microsoft is preparing their appeal. Historically, low percentage of success uh, in the appeals, the way you go through things um, over there. And now, though, um, the head of Microsoft, uh, President Brad Smith, will be meeting with UK Chancellor Jeremy Hunt um, to discuss and express Microsoft's disappointment. Uh, and the CMA's decision to block the deal. He's been and... practicing just shaking his head really slowly. <laughs> just so disappointed. I'm just so disappointed. I'm not <laughs> mad, Mr. Hunt. I am disappointed. Just disappointed. <laughs> I am disappointed. And there are these like, you know, will he, won't he rumors, leaks, ideas, or maybe just people jumping the gun in uh, salacious, interesting, like sun star news uh style tabloid headlines of well maybe we'll do it anyway and just pull activision out of the uk uh and someone else will sell activisions like we'll set up a distributor that will do it i would love for like um what were some of those back in the not shiny but i feel like there were companies it was like midway games were all through somebody else or this that and the other mm-hmm. and so that's the big hubba right brad smith is meeting with jeremy hunt to express his disappointment, I think also lobby for uh, getting this uh, appeal approved and or threatening with the stick of like, hey, we're going to take our ball and go home. And that, Khalif, I think is the more interesting question. The legality of it, I don't fully understand. I know there are yep. some rules when companies are merging, who can say what to whom and when. <clears throat> but pretending they can do that, let's assume they can do that. I mean, does that even is that even a, a blink? to Microsoft Activision Blizzard if they can't operate independently in the UK? Would they care? I feel like they, ha- I mean, I would assume, I mean, I, I don't have the, <laughs> I, I don't have the numbers in front of me right now to see what the sales would be on in across the pond, but I think it would probably be a significant hit to their potential revenue stream in that way. And say like, we could have had 70, hundred million billion dollars. Now we only can get 60, 170 million billion dollars. But whatever that number would wind up being, I think it, I think you do wind up getting a hit if you can't get it across the, the goal line in that way. And it also, it feels like a, I don't know if it feels like a PR hit in the ways that you're like, we tried to do this thing. We felt like we were in a good spot. Everywhere we go, someone is putting up a roadblock for us to be able to do this thing. And, and I just wonder at this point, like, if it feels like it is worth it in the biggest sense, right? Like, if you get it, you get all the wonderful things that are coming out of, out of, out of those studios. You know, we're Diablo and, and, and all of that stuff, which is doing gangbusters right now. Uh the potential for whatever that next thing would come out of any of those studios on the Call of Duty side, the Blizzard side, all of those things. It's not like they're just like, don't have bangers in wait. It's not, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're like, yeah, we could lose the next Diablo and it would be fine. Like, I don't think that they're in that <laughs> position now, uh, especially seeing how well things are doing. My My one sad point is that they're not doing this on, like national tv like i want this on like 
Steve Harvey's people's court. <laughs> or I want this Mark in, like, Cuban is somehow in charge. You know, yeah, like like, uh, I, like, I, like do it in like old school parliament. Like I want powdered wigs up in this. Like yay, amazing. Hither thither, and all of all of that together to tell them no. Like it, at this point, I'm I'm also wary of the conversation around this this merger because I'm just like somebody get it done so we can finish this up and wrap it up and get it and get it together because yeah. I just. It just feels like every time that it comes up in the news, it is a weird punch in the gut for Microsoft in a way that just doesn't feel good for them to have to continue to spin and talk about. And also as a player and as a fan and as a consumer, I'm like, all right, so what does it mean for me? You know, what what is it? What do I get out of this in the grand scheme? And I think that's the point that keeps keep we're waiting for that. That's the thing that we keep digging at. Yes, I, I always try to frame at least part of the conversation that way because it's easy to get caught up in these billion-dollar corporations, as Christian so aptly put it, you know, flirting with each other and making <laughs> nice and all this. And, and that is fascinating on a certain level, but also, uh, you know, <laughs> corporation's going to corporation, right? At certain <laughs> points, like, what, what does it mean to me? What does right. it mean to us? What does it mean to the, the you know, the, the, the buying public? And uh, we, we kind of don't know yet, but it is, I think it's pretty bold of Microsoft to f- float this, these ideas, because somebody's doing that. Somebody's floating these into the public sphere, because these, these kind of reports don't just happen in a vacuum. There's somebody who's talking mm-hmm. and saying, hey, you know, on deep background, I want you to say that we'll just do it anyway. <laughs> just do it anyway you don't want activision in your country okay we got visia action visia action is now selling call of duty or doll of cutie who we don't care it's the same game you know it's uh <laughs> we, we, we we're gonna put them out no matter what what, what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it cma i feel like you could do part about of that it, bluff UK. is the United States, right? Like the, yeah. because the United States yeah. hasn't really, I mean, they initially said, Hey, we're going to look into this. They, they didn't just roll out the red carpet. So I wonder if the, you know, the UK is like, that's fine. You're going to leave our little country. Okay. You're also leaving your home country. You know, like, right. you know, like what are you going to do? Yeah. Like how many roadblocks do there need to be before it isn't worth it? And we talked about this forever ago now, but like NVIDIA and ARM, it was enough of a roadblock to thwart another. That would would have been a huge, a huge deal for not only the gaming industry but the computer industry, the technology industry at large. And that was enough of you know there was enough noise that prevented that. And how loud does the UK need to yell to to stop this? It is also really interesting and and kind of nice to see America not get its way once or twice. <laughs> you know what I mean? In, 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 a, in a weird way, I'm like it's kind of nice to you know in a space where money rules, cash rules everything around yeah. me. Literally, uh, it is kind of nice to see like some folks saying like, "Hold on a minute, you got to you got to pause that for a second and let's think about this in a much bigger and broader way." Uh, so, you know, just for the for the sake of history's sake, it is kind of nice to see that happen in a, in a, in a vacuum and people say like, well, you can't oh. just buy everything. You can't get everything you want yeah. instantly. No, I agree. Okay. And I, we've said many times on the show, at least I've said, I don't know what I'm rooting for here. Right. You know, because you were, you were talking, Khalif, about how, you know, what's it mean for me? What's it mean for the person playing the games? And I'm not sure, like, on a... On one hand, would be super nice if Game Pass got a whole bunch of other stuff. That's pretty cool. I'm mm-hmm. already paying for Game Pass. 
Might as well get some Activision Blizzard King stuff up in there. On the other hand, I totally agree with you. The the consolidation of the multi-billion dollar companies just doesn't feel right. That's yeah. some, something not right about that. And I don't want, uh, you know, it's, that's, usually good things don't happen when things get consolidated. So I don't know what I'm rooting for. I don't know if you guys have a better idea of what you're rooting for here. It's certainly fascinating to see the the twists and turns of the story, but I don't know what I'm pulling for. I just had this thought. And so maybe when folks are listening to this, if they're getting to it on Wednesday or Thursday, they've had it better or they realize I'm an idiot. I would <laughs> love it if putting my tinfoil hat on, if Yoshida's comments were to further throw shade on this deal. Because <laughs> yeah. the UK's yep. deal, their problems yep. with cloud gaming yep. and people aren't going to want to well, enter the market because they're going to have, and, and now Tony's like, yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> that's really funny. hard. That's Ooh, funny. That's a that's, that's very a, funny. That's a good. That's it's a good angle, like though. We're just, just such like, a. We're just. We're just this little guy trying to make it in that big, big, bad cloud world. <laughs> cloud yeah, man, I don't know if we could do it. <laughs> the cloud is garbage. It's, it's, it's the next frontier. It. It's really hard. It's real expensive. Know. We I, hate I to hope see we can any... make it. I hope there isn't a big Goliath out there ready to crush us. <laughs> oh, it's like oh, it's well. like cloud Jenga. They're just like, we pull this one block out, all of it falls apart. Don't let that's, them do it to you too. Oh my god. That's that hilarious, so Christian. That's very funny. I love that. Uh, you my know, only hope wouldn't put it past this, them. Yeah. My only hope yeah. for this merger, and I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. <laughs> I personally do not believe Bobby Kotick is a good human being. Right. Yeah, but what what gets him out means faster? He goes away. What what that's the question is what gets him out faster? Acquisition or not acquisition? I think acquisition. Acquisition gets him out faster. I mean, either way, he has the biggest golden parachute. So at the end yeah. of the day, Bobby Kotick still wins anyway. Yeah. But to to end because there were new stories that popped up uh, yeah. earlier this week or last or late last week um, about some of the conversations uh, involving him. Yeah, like the faster we can get that cat out of the, out of the way, that would be great. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like the uh, the end of Succession, which I will not spoil. But you know, the end of Succession, there are people who you know, it, it didn't work out for, but even those people are walking away with billions and billions of dollars. Right. It's like <laughs> all the sad people at the end of the show are also still getting billions of dollars. Yep. You know, it's like, well, you know, oh, poor Kodak has to get fired and have hundreds of mil. You know, anyway. just have to stay in the left side of his house. Yeah, not the yeah right exactly. Right. Walking to the yeah. advisory role at his next, you know, million dollar plus month paycheck oh dang it yeah. he has a crying room it's just a room to cry <laughs> crying <in>. room <laughs> i'm gonna cry and cry into my bills the crying <laughs> room will be short-staffed for months <laughs> <laughs> all right uh my story of the week uh was a big uh gaming showcase yet another one that happened this week this was meta's gaming vr gaming showcase we got the official announcement of the meta quest Three headset, which is coming in the fall. We don't know an exact release date yet, but it is coming this fall. But we fall. announced it before Apple announced theirs. We just wanted to get that out of the way. We announced yeah. ours. Which I'm not no. sure is a better idea. I don't know. I mean, I think obviously Apple's going to steal the thunder, but but they're like, hey, ours is $4.99, which sounds expensive now. Right. <laughs> you know? But like a week from now, is it going to sound expensive? Tomorrow. Probably not. To you know? yeah. Is it tomorrow? tomorrow. Oh, today. Tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Uh my goodness. Wow. Yes. So, you know, when when you're when Apple's like, give me give me three K for ours, I think they're gonna be like so I don't know. Maybe they should have waited. Who knows what the better strategy is? Regardless, 
Uh, MetaQuest Two is is going down to two ninety nine. MetaQuest Three is coming out. Uh, which is in- is its launch price, which is wild. I know, right? Mm-hmm. It's now only two ninety nine, which it used to be. Like that's what it came out as. Then we raised it because of resources or whatever it was, and now it's now it's a sale again. I mean, I guess it is, but it just feels weird to be like <laughs> we're now discounting our old hardware back to what we launched it at. Wait, what? <laughs> it's, a weird, it's very weird. It's a very good point. Very good yep. point. Uh, but the, I think the start of the show. I mean, obviously. The Quest 3 is an intriguing device for me. They're making a pass-through a much bigger deal and, uh, you know, positioning it as a mixed reality device. But, um, you know, I think that's a little farther off. What What is, I think, more the star of the show, at least for me, for my story of the week, is the fact that they showed uh, a whole bunch of game demos, or not demos, um, trailers, game trailers back-to-back. And uh, there were a notable um, surprises and cool announcements and a whole lot of stuff. I mean, we can we can talk through some of it. I don't know how much attention people have been paying to VR. Uh, obviously, it's you know it's still a niche. It's one that I care deeply about. But some cool stuff, including Samba de Amigo, which is coming to Switch and is coming to VR. Uh, that's kind of a fun thing. I mean, rhythm games, Beat Saber being the prime example, uh, work really well in uh, VR. And I think Samba de Amigo sounds fun. We're getting a Stranger Things VR game, which we already knew about, but they showed. More of it uh, looks interesting. Bulletstorm, which is a game I very much liked when it came out. It is crass and crazy and weird and fun. It is old, but it, it, it's <laughs> a fond memory for me. They're making a VR version of the old People Can Fly game, Bulletstorm. Uh, Attack on Titan VR got shown. Arizona Sunshine 2, which we knew about, got shown. Lots of other stuff. Uh, really interesting mech physics-based brawler called underdogs that i got excited about i expect you to die three which is cool power wash simulator is getting a vr game uh and of course at some point power wash simulator is going to release an actual power wash yeah uh, nozzle for people to buy you know like do it for real (laughs) stand outside and just wash your house (laughs) uh we also got um a a, a reboot remake VR version of the old classic, the seventh guest, Wild. which wow. It's an old CD ROM game mm-hmm. from the nineties uh, that I remember very well, but this looks like a, a complete remake of it. It's got some really cool tech where they're still using, you know, that's like it, in the old CD ROM era, that was a full motion video game where they had actual actors that they, videoed and put in the game and you could you know it's a puzzle game and you're going through this mansion and you know act, actual actors can pop out as ghosts and stuff well they've got this cool tech where they're doing them in three dimensions they're videoing them all around and so you can walk around in in vr and they look like you know star wars style holographic projections i'm very curious to see how that will look in vr and then of course the star of the show is uh senzaru games as uh, asgard's wrath 2 asgard's wrath a standout VR game that I absolutely loved. Um, and, you know, Senzaru was purchased by Meta. It's a first-party publisher for them. And so Asgard's Wrath 2 is really a premiere. Uh, I think they want it to be a, you know, a real uh, killer app for their headsets. Uh, it is going to be, they, they say it is going to be the biggest, longest uh, pure VR game ever made with over 60 hours of content. Uh, they showed it quite a lot of, of in-depth uh, gameplay. It looks really cool. 
Uh, I'm very excited for that game. But I have to say, I think, um, you know, something I've been saying on the show a lot, I, it, it's a bummer to me that in the desperate attempt to expand the mind share and market share of VR, that all these companies are really chasing the same kinds of experiences, mm-hmm. i.e. first-person shooters. And we're still seeing tons of first-person shooters uh, and first-person shooter-esque experiences you know, Arizona Sunshine 2, uh, Bulletstorm, Stranger Things, uh, uh, Asgard's Wrath 2. All, all these are very much a single type of game. And it bums me out that VR provides the opportunity to really expand what video games can be. And I think because it's still a niche, because it hasn't caught on in the way I and um, so, you know, some others have hoped and expected it would that these publishers, you know, who can't make a ton of money on, because the market, because the, uh, the install base is lower, uh, have to fall on what they think will be sure things and uh, sort of mass market, mass appeal, gamer, gamer, That's, gamer games, you know? Well, I think marketing is the key there too. I, I think you can pitch what that ad looks like. It's like you're yeah. sitting there in your headset and then the headset blurs away and you're in there doing it with your hands and then yeah. like you're in that world and it's like, oh, that's what VR is. Whereas I think we've had this problem on this show, Jeff and Khalif, I'm curious how you feel when you're talking about something like humanity in VR yeah. or um, Moss. Moss, And it's yeah. like, or even Astrobot. It's like, no, no, no. The Astrobot on PS5 is great. It is great. A fantastic, one of the best. But you don't understand. It's all around you, but it's the same game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, but no. And so right. I feel like part of that is why you get all these, <gasps> my hands in VR, because mm-hmm. that's easy to sell. Yeah, it's it's a hard deal because I think, and I agree, I think that the the experiences that we do have, you have this really weird delta between what do you have an experience that is kind of transformative that you need to have to get mass adoption to, to happen in a big way. And then, then you have, you have three kind of pillars. You have that layer, you have the, as a developer, how much money are we going to spend and what's the ROI here? What are we going to get on return and how do we kind of figure that out? And then on the other side, you do have that marketing problem, which is the, the layer of like, you know, in a, in a, in a, in the weirdest way, if VR didn't take off in the during the ma- the biggest parts of the pandemic, where everybody was home, everybody was trying to figure out new experiences. Of course, it was, you know, do I go run out and go get that toilet paper? Or do I go get this VR thing? <laughs> yeah. I understand the like human reasons why that didn't blow up in that way, but you had people's attention in a way that this kind of medium would have really kind of bolstered and kind of moved and it still didn't right yeah some of that was because of price some of that was because because of other stuff and i don't know what the the gap here that you can kind of fill in would be because i i'm with you i want to not have to shoot everything that would be cool i continue to have this dream of there being this like sleep no more experience in vr that that you would see if you haven't for folks who may not be familiar it's like going into a play but you're walking into different scenes at different times so you're, mm. you're never really in the, the beginning of a scene unless you've gotten to that scene right at the kind of start of it so you're constantly kind of seeing multiple things happen when you're moving from room to room vr would be fantastic for stuff like that i mean they had like a really great 
uh, theater company that was selling uh, shows in VR. They were doing full shows and, and selling those things. So I don't know if those kinds of niche experiences translate well to a gaming audience, but it's, man, I, I, I want this tech to really to move and I would love to see people adopt it and, and get in there and, and, and play. Cause it does, when it hits, it just feels very different. Like yeah. humanity is, is brilliant in VR, you know, um, uh, you know, what was the star Wars shooter? And when you're in the, the plane, uh, when oh, you're actually uh, yeah. in the, um, I forgot the name of it, but that was yeah. a great, a great experience. Again, where you felt like the, the, when you feel the speed of your body, even Gran Turismo seven now, like it feels like you are in it and you can turn your head and see things that you couldn't see before. Um, I just don't know how you translate that to an audience when they're not, then they don't have the hardware in their hands. It's just, is really difficult to kind of make happen for sure. Yeah. And you guys have, you know, referenced it, but by the time a lot of folks are listening to this episode, Apple will have already made their case for, uh, a, a new headset, we also, we assume. Um, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how they position it, what games or activities or applications uh, they will be showcasing when they unveil it. Um, and maybe that's what's going to take is Apple and Apple's brilliant. I mean, say what you will about Apple. They know how to market, right? Yeah. They know how to make something cool. They know how to take something that is... Uh, ridiculous and make it seem essential. Um, so Deep maybe white headphones corded down to my pocket were all were a fashion icon before Apple did it. Jeff, don't tell me that Apple made <laughs> white tinny headphones cool. No way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they, they they will they will put some language in it. They'll have this one moment in that show that will show a family yeah. enjoying this thing, and, and and you going outside to the beach and taking it with you everywhere that you're not supposed to take it. <laughs> yeah, and having having fun with it in a way that you never had fun in in that way before. I hope that they do do the the kind of mixed reality thing because I think that is the the delta currently. I think if you can if you can give people a reason to wear it all the time and make the form factor small enough, which Apple can do because they own the whole pipeline of their silicon and the whole pipeline of their hardware. We could have a, they could, they could be the game changers in a, in a much bigger way that sends everybody running to go redo their hardware in a new way. Yeah. Discreet yeah, one says it was squadrons, Star Wars. Yeah. Thank you. That's right. Squadrons. Thank that's you. That's correct. That was yeah. the game. Yep. Great game. Great game in VR too. Spectacular in VR. Yep. I wish they put it out on PSVR too. Yep. Um, <laughs> make it work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and that's the other bummer is that we're having these weird walled gardens now where it's like, well, there's the meta quest games that don't work with PSVR 2 and there's the PSVR 2 games that don't work with meta quest and there's PC VR that's kind of straddling both but doesn't have a lot of the games on either one. It's uh, it's unfortunate because it doesn't need to be like that. you know. In VR, you can go anywhere except to this other <laughs> VR company's games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Any, anywhere your a heart imagines but no not that game that you cannot go yeah, there that, that one you have game. to buy another 500 dollars headset for <laughs> yeah, i don't have any more space I'm, I'm up to two now i don't have any more space yeah no kidding all right well uh, i like i said i thought there were some really cool games i mean i hate to bring it up like it's a, a negative but it, it is a bummer to me that there's there seems to be only one type of uh, vr experience that is front and center that people are investing in and even sony in, in you know last week and they're presentation when they were showing psvr2 stuff it was all like you know first person shootery type experiences 
And I think that that's just such a uh, arbitrary limitation on on what is a transcendent experience. And it, you know, there's so many examples of you know Res and Tetris and you know Astro Boy and or excuse me Astro Bot and it's it just like so many great great experiences that are amplified are made better by being inside the headset. And uh, you know, I think it's just a marketing thing. It's just a it's a hard hard sell to not have some kind of hardcore game. Everybody's chasing that. But anyway, still a lot of cool stuff, I thought. Mm -hmm. And I guess uh, Ubisoft will be showing off the Assassin's Creed VR game at their, at least uh, that's what Meta said. Hey, tune into that, mm -hmm. the Assassin's Creed VR game. So I'll be curious to see how that plays as well. But I suspect it'll be a first person uh, shootery kind of thing. <laughs> first person hands, just stabbing everything in front of you. Yeah. 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 All right, uh, let's get to the games that we have been playing in a segment we call The Playlist. But first, we need to tell you about our sponsor, which is Manscaped Ladies. June is just around the corner. And my guess is you haven't purchased a Father's Day gift yet. Am I right? Well, look no further than the sponsor of today's show because our friends at Manscaped TM are dedicated to upgrading your man's grooming game from face to waist. Their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the total package dedicated to making sure all fathers go from dad to daddy this year. Have him join the 8 million men world mine who trust Manscaped TM and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DLC at manscaped.com. <laughs> Mama's gonna like this one. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. Inside this package, you find your signature Beard Hedger Trimmer, he said easily. Beard Shampoo and Conditioner Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature beard comb and scissors. With 20 hair cutting lengths and a single guard, he'll be able to craft his look like never before without a mess in their drawers. Something, ladies. We can all appreciate. And if he doesn't have a beard, he needs to try their Performance Package 4.0. This beautiful bundle is absolutely daddy material. It includes their signature Lawnmower 4.0, the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 ear and nose hair trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold his goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 is a game changer for trimming his sensitive areas. We all know dads love their comfort. If dad's grooming routine is already dialed, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0. These are, without a doubt, the best boxers for men of all ages. Christian? I mean, you might think that as a guy whose uh, dad was born uh, is Italian and whose mom was born Chilean, I would be like, I don't have any knowledge about uh, manscaping. Why would someone with Chilean and Italian heritage have any need or knowledge for anything that... Manscaped could help. Oh, that's right. I said Italian and Chilean heritage. That's exactly why. <laughs> you might as well have just said Harry and Harry. Harry and Harrier. <laughs> I think I said man and I think is what I just said. <laughs> um, and you might think like, is that stubble? Is that a shadow? Or is that groomed that way? Exactly. Exactly. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DLC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. 
Use the code DLC. Make this Father's Day one one he will not forget with Manscaped TM. Oh, I don't know. Uh, some of the biggest franchises of all time got sequels this week. Uh, that all, that came out, uh, you know, just in the beginning of June. That's just, you know, as as it happens. Um, <laughs> so here we are. Uh, Zelda still reigning, wrecking havoc, reigning uh, over everybody's playtimes, and yet both Street Fighter Six and Diablo Four hit this week. I mean, it, what a what a time to be alive, fellas. What a time mm-hmm. to be alive. Let's talk. Let's start with Street Fighter Six. Khalif, uh, I've loved seeing your comments about the game online. Uh, Christian, I know you've been playing a ton of Street Fighter Six. Let's start with you, Khalif. I think you like it, right? You're digging it. Street Fighter Six, aka Carpool Tunnel Accelerator, is 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 my favorite game right now. You can see I, I busted out the, the the fight stick. If you're watching the, nice. the VOD, uh, the, the, it's 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 because oh Uh-oh. look at that oh look at that. let's go a new it challenger is, has entered. <laughs> yes, it is it is by far the best Street Fighter game that has ever come out. I, th- wow. I think it is wow. it is the amalgam of so many different things that they saw within the previous games that they were like, we really want to kind of address this, make this the kind of pinnacle of what we're trying to do. And I feel like for the most part, they have hit all of those marks. It is a smarter, more accessible street fighter game for, for new players and and, and everyone up the stacked from beginners to, to, to experts will have a good time here. The, the modes are really interesting that they have in terms of the battle hub, um, world tour and, and fighting grounds. I think the, the, the thing that I keep coming back to is it feels again, like I'm back home in the early (laughs) nineties and playing in an arcade against people and feeling good about just having that competitive spirit kind of bubble back up in, in this kind of way. Cause it's, you can't really get that feeling in sports games in that way. You know, shooters are a different kind of animal in that respect is very much the, like I'm paying intricate detail to everything that's happening to me and what I'm doing in real time while also trying to get everything that's in my brain to go into my hands at the fastest possible moment. It is so fun to be able to see that happen uh, and feel those feelings again. I'm, I'm just really excited, really excited about it. Um, the world tour thing, I think is the most interesting layer of the new street fighter game. I think um, is this large uh, mode where you're going to all of these different locales that are the ones that are the kind of home bases for most of the characters uh, you are building your avatar. Mine was, you know, well-known ESPN analyst Stephen A. Smith uh, <laughs> that I had rolling around and punching people in the neck. Uh, and it was fantastic because you kind of, you know, you're in this big world, all these NPCs you can walk up to and fight. You kind of see they have stats and they also have these um, items that you can potentially fight for uh, while you're while you're in this battle. It is the best kind of version for what this is now but what i'm excited for is to see where this mode potentially goes in the future i think the story is not that interesting (laughs) they tried to make a story here and it it doesn't really land but i think from a foundational standpoint of what i was hoping for they're almost there um what i want is to 
all of those NPCs to be actual human beings. And I can walk up on those, walk up to them, you know, and say, hey, what, what size shoe are you wearing? <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, then, and then play them for whatever their, you know, their, their costuming is and, and, and kind of put up your pink slip for your shoes or something like that. Like that would be the perfect version of that. That is cool. I think that, that cool. is, but it is, it is a brilliant game and it's really, really fun. Christian, do you concur? How, what's your experience with Street Fighter Six? I love it. It's wild that, uh, you know, not that review scores are the end all be all, but it's wild that one of the best reviewed games of the year came out this week. And so did Diablo four, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's weird. Uh, I don't think people are expecting that after street fighter six first showing of like their stolen logo, quote unquote, you know, of like all this yeah. stuff, like leading up to it. It didn't, I mean, as people started playing it, people started to have a positive opinion about it, but hers is like, oh, that's the cover. That's the art. They're just colorizing the ink. Oh, that's the logo. That's and I they sort of botched the launches of four and five. Yeah. You know, five, the yeah. launches of four and five did not go well. Yeah. yeah. Not wrong. I love six. Uh, I agree with what Koss said. It is everything. I think I want a street fighter to be. That's not that it can't be better. It definitely can be. But I, I think it's one, a testament to the RE engine. It just is gorgeous and it scales. I was camping this weekend, so I played about five hours on my Steam Deck and it was fantastic. I was offline uh, doing World Tour and playing through the arcade mode and it was a great experience and it looked you beautiful. You were crushing People all might... challengers offline in the woods. <laughs> that's how World Tour mode works. And that's how arcade <laughs> mode works. I knew what I was doing. Um, and it looks fantastic. I was a guy, uh, you know, I liked supporting AAA games on Switch. So I played Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch and it was an inferior visual version steam deck no it doesn't look as good as my 4k hdr you know 144 hertz screen but it looks really good again the re engine scales really well and what i really love about world tour mode which i think is it's hard because there are a lot of really big pieces that make this a very complete whole but i think world tour mode is very exciting to me because it is not them doing mortal kombat and if you had asked me four or five years ago, I'd be like, just do Mortal Kombat because Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 were, are so good. And Injustice 2, so good. Those cutscenes, that story, the, may, the way it makes you play with every character and, and learn these characters. And you're like, oh, I don't really want to play as Reptile. But now I love Reptile because I played as Reptile for three chapters. Really smart, really cool. And I was just like, just do that, please. Just give me something to play solo other than grinding through uh, spending time in the lab or playing arcade over and over and over again, or going online and just getting reamed. Cause at some point that quits being fun. And I think world tour mode, the best way I can like summarize it is uh, Pokemon light. You're not, but you are the Pokemon, you know, you're not out there catching monsters, but like everything's a fight. All the trainers live in a, the same city together. You know, it's like, it's weird if you think about it. It's like, why is Chun-Li like around the corner from Ryu? From Ken, <laughs> like the, the the story technically, as Khalif said, it's like, it's out there. It's like, wait, what? You defeated in Bison and now we just hang out and you sell popsicles? Like that's what this <laughs> is. But it's very Capcom. And I think mm -hmm. even very Street Fighter, uh, even apart from Capcom. Capcom. Like Capcom, 
You know, that's they, not a they, compliment. <laughs> I think it is, though. I love oh, their yeah. games. They, they're right. dropping 200 dinosaurs from the sky. You know, they yeah. also have Resident Evil games that I've loved forever. Like, oh, I'm glad you saved me. Otherwise, I would have been a Jill sandwich. <laughs> you know, like, let's go kill some zombies. And it, it very much wears its cheekiness on its sleeve uh, with pride. It's not embarrassed of being silly. It's not embarrassed by being dorky or mm-hmm. goofy. I like that. But at, the yeah. same, at the same time, I don't know if there's a game out there right now, and I'm certainly not the definitive voice on this, but I'm not sure if there's another game out in the last calendar year that represents street culture better than what Street Fighter Six is doing in terms mm-hmm. of like the graphic, uh, maybe NBA 2K with some of the My Story mode or something mm-hmm. like that or even FIFA with its campaign that gets into that. But like the apparel, the music, the attitude, the graphical style, all of that stuff is speaking to an audience that is much younger than me Mm. Um, without alienating this old cisgendered white guy. Not that they can't alienate me, not that they need to, you know, keep appealing to me. But I think in terms of all these soft reboots and stuff we're seeing with Scream and Star Wars and all these franchises, I think Street Fighter Six is doing a heck of a job keeping that old audience there, but also bringing the modern control scheme forward, which is what how I played on my Steam Deck because I was just grinding through World Tour and playing Arcade. And Steam Deck six-button control is like a Super NES six-button controller. Not great, in my opinion. And the modern control scheme works well, and I'm still learning the timing, and I'm still learning how to do a lot of the things that would carry over to back when I'm on my my fight stick out here at my PC. Um it's it's a complete package and it runs flop you know stuttering a little shader buffering happens at the beginning but for all intents and purposes in the year of our lord 2023 pc release (laughs) it is dang near perfect (laughs) i I love it I, i love it i'm so pleased to hear you guys loving it i i've seen uh all the praise online and you know i i played the demo and just was not not clicking with it at all um and i it it makes me want to give it another shot i mean i i found the that world tour mode to be uh really goofy and kind of um uh, unappealing and and just kind of flat and uninteresting to me Mm -hmm. um but maybe i didn't give enough time to it uh i'm i'm very much willing to eat my words and uh give it another shot and i i want to get into the more of the meat of of the street fighter-ness of it because i didn't mm-hmm. really you know a lot of the modes were not uh available in the demo so you know i've heard such glowing reviews of this game it just wasn't the experience i had playing the demo uh, interestingly enough world tour is the better version of the tutorial than the tutorial layer of it mm. currently is i think i think it's the way to get yourself acclimated to the kind of modern uh control scheme which they which they which they've changed so you can basically for folks who aren't aware you have to usually do a full like quarter circle to do a, a fireball in modern the modern version of it for whatever character may be that could be like a single button press or a button press and a and a and a, and a move with the with the joystick or your d-pad so it i found that to be again like one of those most interesting layers of how they're pulling people in and saying if you don't have an affinity for fighting games you're not used to the six button controls here's a good way for you to be able to get good earlier and with some consistency for folks who like like you jeff who are like i don't know if this is really vibing with me right now yeah i would say spend some more time with it the using the different powers or different moves with uh from different masters that they call them 
um, really does flesh out the like, how do you play this game from its essence? And it gives you a much better understanding of how it all kind of works. So I would say definitely give it some more time and, and, and check it back out. And yeah, hopefully I mean, let I, people play it. Because if I go into ranked and I'm playing modern, I will never win a tournament. Right. But ranked should still keep me competitive. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's the the biggest thing that this control scheme, and there's even another one, uh, air quote, below modern that opens it up even more. It just lets you play. Yep. And yeah. if you're getting ranked against people at that mm. skill level or at that ability level, it still is a good time to play. And they've dabbled with this before. And then again, I think it's smart, again, how they're keeping an old audience, but bringing in hopefully a new audience. It, they didn't just throw the baby out with the bathwater. And it's not like, this is a new control, deal with it. This is Street Fighter now, you know, like people are using hitboxes and six button and they're the best in the world, but also you can just have fun playing this game and there's a mode in it for you to have fun doing the pretty moves, looking cool with the character who is so kitted out. No one loves, loves them, but you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, there you go. Street Fighter Six. Uh, I mean, what a year. What a year. We're getting these incredible, it feels like every single week we're getting games of the year contenders. Uh, it's a flood. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's an abundance of riches is what we've got. <laughs> and speaking of abundance of riches, uh, the other huge release this week uh, is Diablo 4. Uh, Kai, I know you've been playing that as well. I've put a ton of hours into it uh, myself. And... Um, well, what, what do you think of Diablo 4? I'm currently at level 41. Oh, nice. Uh, I have told my family goodbye. Uh, <laughs> what, what's the uh, class? A barbarian. Okay. Uh, you just got nerfed today. Did we get nerfed? No. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, yeah. That's, that was, anyway, that's a, that just hurt my soul. But <laughs> um, it, I, I'm just having so much fun with this. This is my first, like, well, I played the previous game, Diablo 3. Mm-hmm um but i didn't really like dig into it i wasn't heavy into you know i gotta spec this 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 class out i gotta make sure i'm doing this i am paying attention to every small detail now because i'm just like "Mm, not hitting fast enough Mm, not hitting hard enough Mm, is that the piece of gear i want oh what does that move do oh what does that happen like i am going through this game and i have to say like you know in in the conversation about game right games writing that has popped up a lot this year this is some of the best VO sound story bits that I've seen in a long time from a game like this. Maybe I missed a ton of stuff from the previous games because I just wasn't paying attention because I was like Hulk smashing it. <laughs> but I just love the way that this game is coming to market with characters that I that I actually appreciate. Lilith is an interesting and kind of dope character if you like anti-heroes and villains. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like all the small things that you are looking for, you can find something within it. Um, I don't know if I'd roll multiple classes because that's just a lot of time in, but it makes you, you know, curious about what else you'd want to kind of like delve into. How do you want to play? How do you want to, you know, team up with other people and, and, and play those things? And those world bosses, they're so good. They're so fun. There, it's just a lot of good energy when I'm playing that game and just not thinking. It's a great not thinking game, but it's also a great thinking game when you really want to dig into the minutiae of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. I am I'm in love with Diablo. Uh, Diablo is a franchise that I have uh, spent many, 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 many hours with, and it has it has sort of defined 
years of my life. <laughs> you know, I remember, I vividly remember purchasing Diablo 2 from Fry's Electronics mm -hmm. uh, the summer after I graduated. This is going to date me. Summer after I graduated from college. And that entire summer and like two years after that, Playing I mean, Fry's Electronics already dated you, but we yeah, were right. there with you. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, just falling in love with Diablo 2 and playing so much of it and, and it, it just nonstop. It was like the back in, you know, it was, it was a time uh, when I would have one game that I would play for, mm. you know, months and months and months at a time. And that would be enough. And Diablo three came out and, you know, I was already, you know, reviewing game. I was, you know, reviewing games before that before two anyway, but regardless of that, the point is Diablo two is a game where you commit to things. <laughs> you mm -hmm. are, you're putting your, your, your talent points, you're buying your talent points and you're, you're moving through this game and everything is permanent and everything. It's hard to change things. It's rigid. And, and it just, it took time to do things. And, but that was, it was great. There was tons of reward. And you, if you put in the time, you got great stuff and it, it just was, you know, it, it was incredibly addictive in its own way. And then Diablo three comes out and says, Hey, what if, that same gameplay loop, but you have the flexibility to constantly change. And the mm -hmm. whole point is that you can swap in and swap out skills at any time and, and you can have new builds and new experimentation and uh, new items are gonna change the way you play and uh, you know legendaries are gonna break the rules and you can, it'll make you wanna completely switch up your skill set and it's just fluid. It's much more fluid and less permanent feeling than Diablo 2. And that hooked me. And I played that for years and just, you know, pl played it endlessly and endlessly and did different classes and did the seasons and played with my friends and, and, you know, loved that game. Still love that game. And here comes Diablo 4. So much more beautiful than those games have ever been. As you said, Ka, the storytelling, uh, so much more interesting. You know, Diablo is a game where it's like, you're going to fight the devil. Oh, really? Who's the bad guy? <laughs> Who's the bad guy? It's, it's the devil. Oh, the devil. Okay, well, I guess I'll fight the devil. There's angels. Yeah, I know. Are they bad? Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, but, the, but this game is much more nuanced and interesting. It really is, I think, telling, for me, a much more interesting tale, but it's also how it is telling it mm -hmm. with much more cinematic, you know, camera moves. And you've got this beautiful isometric, the classic Diablo isometric look that is gorgeous in here and these detailed environments and the way you get around the environments is really cool. And there's really interesting stuff to discover all over the place. I mean, there's just so much to do. You got like, you just stumble on cool things. There's a cellar here. What's in it? I don't know. Let's find out. Here's a cool dungeon. Doing a dungeon can give you an awesome, what they call aspects, which is, uh, you know, maybe your class gets a, a way to play. It like gets a buff, gets a, uh, a new twist on one of their skills because you did this particular dungeon. How cool is that? Now that incorporate that into my build. Incorporate, ooh, because I'm able to do this, because I did this thing in game, I'm able to play in a completely different way. And that's just part of the tapestry of the world. All these different things to do on top of the, on top of the, you know, the story quest, the main campaign, you've got tons and tons of side quests. You've got these world events that just pop up that are cool, that are, 
neat ways to get loot. There's just, there's awesome, you know, special chests that you just will stumble upon in the world. There's all kinds of crafting and, and materials to, to acquire. There's just tons to do systems upon systems upon systems and a really cool environment story you know very dark obviously it's still grim dark diablo style but i think a much more interesting nuanced story that is being woven through all of it and then to get back to my main my first point it kind of straddles that line between the permanence or the the commitment that you did with Diablo 2 and the flexibility of Diablo 3 because you're still you're still you know you you're making these builds in in your class and each class has wildly different ways to play i mean there are there are in the same class you can play a completely melee character or a completely ranged character or sort of a hybrid of both and you have all these different cool builds and you really do have to specialize and decide how you want to play and what kinds of things might work for your character and which way you want to, you know, destroy all the demons that are coming at you. And if you want to change, you want to experiment. It's not free. It's not easy. It's not fluid. It's not super, but it's easier. It's, it's still not Diablo 2. You can, you can buy back just one talent. You can respect a la carte you can just you know respect individual talents and just pay for that and it it becomes really interesting you get a cool legendary item that buffs one of your skills one of your talents gives you a new skill to use oh okay well maybe i'll rejigger my uh my build uh individually a little you know in 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 minutia in in individual ways I think that's a fascinating way to approach it where, hey, you know, these builds can get wildly different and you've got all these different spidering, different talent trees and you can just respect a couple of points here, a couple of points there. It's, it's so cool. There's so much to it. There's so many different ways to play. And ultimately what it delivers is the thing that Diablo delivers better than any franchise I've ever played. And that is constant feeling of being op you just feel incredible from the word go there's not a there, you're not you know killing rats for 10 levels <laughs> until you get your first cool thing to do you've got cool things to do right away you are obliterating demons and then you get more powerful from there and everything you get feels incredibly cool incredibly op you're you know just laying havoc to swaths of hundreds of enemies at a given time. And yeah, like you said, Cod, there, there is a mindlessness to it, a, a Zen feeling of just like moving through and you're doing your cool skills and you got this and you got that. And then you get to, Oh, it got real and now it's real. And now I got to really dance around and I got a position and I got to, you know, it, it's sublime. It's sublime. I, I love Diablo. I love this Diablo. I think Diablo 4, it feels at the same time absolutely nostalgic and, and like slipping on a comfortable shoe of like, yes, this is exactly how I want Diablo to feel. And, and also fresh and interesting and with new ideas, new things to do, new approaches to the same kinds of content. And it just feels like, I'm going to want to do, do and redo this over and over and over again, playing with friends is a blast, 
you know, leveling up, getting cool gear. The gear is awesome. The looks of the characters are awesome. I love it so much. Two questions. I think I know your answer for you, Jess. I'll start with Khalif. Are either of you playing with a controller? Question one, Khalif, are you playing with it? Because this is the first one built yeah. for controllers, right? Like it was added to three, but not launched with. Are you controllering or clicky clicking, yep. Khalif? I want a controller. Contro yep. Jeff? Well, you said you think you know the answer for me. What, 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 what do you think my answer is? Uh, you're playing on with your PC with DLSS 3.0 and your left-handed mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, you're two out of three. I am playing on my PC with DLSS 3.0. I'm getting about 300 frames per second. <laughs> just pretty sick. Just disgusting. And I'm playing with controller. Whoa. Yeah. And I love it. I love it. It, it, it always felt to me very um, stubborn of the developers of this franchise to force pc players to get carpal tunnel syndrome you know <laughs> that's what fighting games are for exactly, exactly. We've established that. exactly. So much, right? uh, but yeah i mean uh, clicking my mouse a billion d times in a diablo game it was never comfortable it was never it was fun but it was never comfortable and i gotta say there are a, a few drawbacks uh with with the controller on pc very few Basically, they, they come down to it's harder to, you know, target a faraway enemy. If, you know, if you're, if mm -hmm. you want to target a specific enemy, you kind of have to, you know, you kind of have to move the mouse until your little cursor is on them. Not your cursor. You're not getting a cursor, but you're getting a little like highlighted your geometry enemy. war little thingy or whatever. Yeah. There's like a little arrow that shows which character, which bad guy you're targeting and that you, you know, you can sort of slide that through all the enemies on screen by using your stick. Um, and that's not as elegant as literally just, you know, sliding your mouse over and clicking on the enemy you want, you want. But I find that to be a very minor, uh, giveaway for what I'm the benefit of much more comfortable hands and uh, just a, sort of like a, a smoother experience. Uh, you know, I, you, you said it, I'm left-handed. I've always struggled with keyboard and mouse as a left-handed person. I often have to remap keys. With games like Diablo, it's less a burden because I'm not using WASD, right? It's you're literally doing everything with the mouse and then, you know, one through four. So I can hover my fingers over the one through four keys. Um, but it is, it's just nicer. It just works better. And it works so smoothly and beautifully. Like I love, I love using a controller on Diablo 4. I'm, I'm so, it's, I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed and my hands aren't hurting as much. Which is nice. Second question. This one, I, I, I know your answer, Jeff. If I get this one wrong, oof. <laughs> 10 years of show doing, I haven't paying attention. Um, uh, today we're recording Sunday night. Uh, so I think it was the second, it was some early June Diablo Immortal came out. Mm, it's yes. one now. Yes. Does this reflect in any way positively or negatively on Immortal? Jeff, I know your answer. You don't know because you haven't played Immortal since week one. I'm guessing Khalif. I don't know if you've stayed abreast. I have not, but I'm I've curious. Not. Okay. So maybe we don't know where it's the wrong people to ask, but I, I'm super curious because like Apex mobile shut down. And I'm always curious when you have like these huge same brand 
games running concurrently, what one might say about the other. And Call of Duty is kind of being rebranded mobile at some, you know, they're trying to mesh that stuff together. And I, I just have no clue that is a partially, uh, purposefully <laughs> ignorant <laughs> hole in my gaming landscape. But I, I find I, it fascinating. Um, I do wonder, that anniversary. though. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, this would be the perfect time if, you know, going back to marketing and talking about that, this would be the perfect time to resurface that stuff, especially if like like those other games have done previously, there was always some kind of like connectivity to the larger franchise. Mm. If you were to they tell did me announce like Lilith something, I think they right? did. I mean, I think I mean, look, if you want me to to play that game. Tell me I can get some cool stuff in the main game by playing the mobile version of it. I will instantly go download that <laughs> thing and go play well, it. See, that's implying that this game is making ABK more money than the mobile I, game. I mean, look. <laughs> I don't know. Like, which one's the main game to them? Oh, which one, I mean, which the, one's oh. the main game? I mean, well, the, the question then goes back to, to Microsoft, right? And you're like, well, King in that conversation then changes a lot of that because money is money is. And also (laughs) if you're going to say, you know, mobile is the biggest, is the biggest actual platform on the planet. If you want to think about it that way, then yeah, you want, you definitely want to make sure that that deal goes through as fast as possible. Cause you're like, we're missing out on so much mobile money right now by not having them under, under the wings, but it would be kind of cool to see like, Oh, if you play the, you play immortal, you can get all these cool, interesting things within the bigger, larger game. Uh, that's always I'm been always that. that's always been a, a blizzard uh, go-to you know it was always like hey if you uh if you if you get the legendary edition of of diablo 3 you'll get this cool pet in wow you know that was they always did stuff like that it was always like you want the the cool skin in heroes of the storm well you gotta do this quest in world of warcraft you know it's like mm-hmm. they were very good at that um I, it's it's a great question, Christian. I have friends, uh, good friends that got really into Diablo Immortal, but it, it was always my sense, and it has borne out now that Diablo Four is is released. That was a stopgap to this for them, mm, right? Interesting. They were playing that because they couldn't play this, you know. But they're also you know contemporaries of mine. They're not you know young kids who want to be on their phones more than they want to be on their PCs. Uh, so maybe that's not the market. The market is clearly for immortals is clearly people that would prefer to game on phones or tablets, uh, which is not me um, and not my friends. So I don't know. It's, it's a good question. I wonder how, how that game, it feels like this game would cannibalize that game, but I'm not entirely certain that's true. Um, I will say for me who did not love immortal, but played a fair amount of it, uh, because my friends kept talking me into giving it another ch- chance. <laughs> uh, this just is so much better. It's so much better. It's so much better. Um, I mean, and there are elements that I see sort of that, that are shared of, of how this game really does feel more like an MMO than even Diablo three did, or where there's just tons of stuff to do and, and the world feels much more alive. And I think immortal had that. Um, and I, to its credit, um, but four is just, it's stunning. It's amazing looking. It feels right. Right. That's the thing about Diablo. It feels good. Everything feels heavy and impactful and powerful. Chunky. And yes. 
so yeah. good i mean even like and there's so many cool little flourishes here like a, a bad guy that teleports and when they teleport they like turn into a bunch of bats and just move mm -hmm. across the thing and then recost it it's just like oh it's so awesome and everything just feels good and it's uh, there's a, oh, there's a really cool thing i saw last night where i was in a grassy field i used my ultimate and the grass got flattened underneath yeah. my feet oh man and disappeared and kind of just like went from like you know full growth to to like mowed grass yeah and then started to to the vegetation started to grow again which is super cool and Jeff, I, I had a question for you because i'm not a i'm not a diablo vet yeah. but when you're playing with friends is there a diablo etiquette is there like if you are a character who is fighting with your friends and you're like i know i'm i know i have the op build do you go in and you go like bust everything up or do you let everybody kind of like have a piece of the pie to like feel like no one is being left out of the the encounter? I've not had hmm. that. I'm I'm curious because I'm just like I'm playing with friends who are a little bit less, a little bit lower level than I am, but everything levels to your yeah. level. But it feels like I'm running through mobs and I'm just like, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> is there, I is don't there an think so. I think you just go. You go. And, and, and there's always more to destroy. You know? And yeah, yeah, okay. I don't, I've never felt like, oh, I need to slow down. I love, you know, yeah, I, I love playing with friends and melting my half of the enemies and melting, and they get to melt their half. And we're yeah. just all just, you know, laying waste to everything and pulling more and pulling more. And, and then it gets crazy. It's like, oh, no, it's too many or whatever. It's, <laughs> uh, it's a blast. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I don't feel that in particular. Okay. Um, I will say, because I didn't mention it, uh, I rolled, uh, for my first class, I rolled a druid, Ooh. which has been so much fun. I've been having such a blast playing druid. Um, he's, uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of different cool builds for the druid. I've been leveling with this like tornado build, oh. um, which is wild because you, you don't con control the tornadoes and you, you know, you, you, I throw them out at the beginning of a fight. And they're just moving around on their own, willy nilly. Who knows? Hope they hit bad guys. But you can shoot out so many of them at a time. It's just cool. You just blanket. And dude, the the visuals of there's so many. As you said, like the, with the grass, there's so many great visual flourishes with this one. For example, the little tornadoes, little hurricanes that I'm shooting out, they will take on the quality of the light in whatever area I'm in. So if there's like uh. red, you know creepy red fires or, or blood pools or whatever that are casting a red glow. They'll like, you like pick it up inside the tornado itself or greens and, and blues. And stuff. it's so sick. Um, anyway, so I'm doing that. And then I, you know, I, I got my, uh, I got my wolf companions and I mm -hmm. looted a legendary that gives me an extra companion. So I've got my three wolf pack that I'm rolling in on <laughs> so much fun, man. It's so much fun. So good. It's great. Um, it, I, I just, there are times, and I think a lot of people felt this with tears of the kingdom and I totally respect that. And I, and I love when people find it, I love loving things, but man, when I sit down to play Diablo four, it is why I play video games. It's like, I have, I'm home. I, I just, I just, this is what I want to be doing. It is satisfying every single thing about it. I love, you know, I, I just, I'm so delighted to be doing a new thing inside the game and finding a new cool thing and learning about a new cool thing. And, oh, there's a big bad guy and let's do it. And it's just the best. And I'm so glad there's so many 
of things like that that are coming out right now because people are feeling that with Tears of the Kingdom. People are feeling that with Street Fighter VI. You know, it's just like, it seems like we're getting this year so many of the reason to play video games, you know? All right, I have another game I want to talk about. But first, this episode of DLC is brought to you by BetterHelp. How much time do you spend on yourself in a given week versus how much time you spend on other people? And how do you balance the two? It's really easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a second to think about what you need from yourself. This is something that, that I do a lot. I, you know, I get overwhelmed. I don't know about you, Christian, but it's not easy being a dad for me. Uh, it's, it's very overwhelming often, frequently. And I, I think I maybe run myself a little thin and uh, forget to have time to think about what I need and how I'm going to keep my head above water uh, because I'm worried about trying to be a good husband, trying to be a good dad, and trying to make sure everybody else gets what they need. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feel feeling just what I said, stretched thin, burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. I can tell you, uh, it has been a big help for me to talk to a therapist, and I don't think it's anything to ever be embarrassed about or shameful of. It's, it can be of, of great help. And Christian, I know you feel strongly about therapy as uh, a way to make yourself, <laughs> make yourself not feel so quite so burned out, right? I am a big fan, uh, much like I stretch before and after working out. We, I think people do such a good job of taking care of so many aspects of their life. And I feel like at the same time, there's a large part of it that many of us neglect. And I think therapy can help take care of the total package and um, prevent you from pulling a muscle, so to speak, figuratively, <laughs> not literally, um, but it is important to take care of your whole health and um, your mental health is certainly a very important part of that. And hopefully something that you've picked up on over the course of this podcast over the years is the importance that, that we put on that in general and taking care of yourself and taking that approach to um, whole body health and, and taking the time for yourself. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for any reason for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash DLC today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash DLC. All right, I want to tell you about one other game that I have been playing, and I talked about it last week, but it deserves to be mentioned again. Uh, Khalif, have you, heard, have you heard about a game called Wild Frost? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, I love it very, very much. Um, our friend, Lana Bashinsky, uh, suggested it to me, uh, and I am in her debt because I don't think I would have played it if she hadn't insisted on it. And I really think 
it is i can't remember if you love um sort of card-based combat roguelikes like i do Mm, some Mm -hmm. yeah this is top tier this is like best of the best in my opinion wild frost is so excellent um I just, I can't speak highly enough of the card interactions, of the the level of challenge, of the feeling of progression run to run that you get, uh, of the way the game evolves and surprises that happen when you get really far. And and it is, it's so well done. It, it, it the, the progression path is really cool. You've got, you know, these base type things that open up that let you manipulate your cards and in various ways for subsequent runs. I mean, it's very much textbook, tried and true, roguelike formula for these kinds of games where you've got your little home base and you, you know, by doing certain things in your run, you'll unlock new buildings in your base and those buildings will do certain things and you've got cool little challenges and quests, so to speak, uh, that you'll do during your runs that will unlock new cards or new card possibilities or new upgrade possibilities for your cards in subsequent runs nothing it's not reinventing the wheel Mm. it's just doing it so well and the challenge like i i can't remember uh you know a time where a game did provided the experience more frequently than this one does of oh my gosh i'm completely overwhelmed i'm never (laughs) going to get out of this how the heck am i going to get out of this oh oh i'm getting out of this amazing oh i did it like that's there's huh. no way I can win to I just won. Feeling is so incredible. And this game, like it does the challenge and it will beat you down, man. It, it, there are times when you're like, how could I, po- this, it's impossible. <laughs> There's no way. Uh, you'll think you did it. And then the boss will like split in two and be like, ha ha ha, you, I, you're, the fight's not over. And you're like, oh no. Um, but dude, the card interactions are so, so good. And I've been playing a ton more of it. And I started playing it on my, uh, on my uh, Steam Deck. And I was playing it in my room uh, one day and my son wandered in. And he's like, Daddy, what are you playing? Um, Jack, who is six, uh, you know, he loves video games, but you know, his video game time is, is, is getting more and more limited uh, by us intentionally. Um, and so he's like, oh, Dad's playing a video game. I get to watch. I'm going to sit behind, you know, on his, behind his shoulder and, over, you know, look over his shoulder and watch the Steam Deck. And he started, like, asking questions and making suggestions and, like, talking to me about how, how does that card work? And, how's, and we started playing it together. And he would start making suggestions on how we would do a move or what, you know, when we would get to an upgrade and it would have three options, like which card we pick, you know. And it was one of the coolest experiences. We've done it like two more times since then where I'm like, hey, do you want to play Wild Frost, buddy? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we play it like a co-op game where we're, because it's turn-based, right? So we can take as much time as we want to make the decision. We could talk about it. And he's got an idea of, you know, what we should do and what card we should play and how we're going to do it. And I talked to him like, well, no, that's not going to work because look, that guy can do this. And and, and if we use up our turn by doing that, then we'll open ourselves up to that. And he's like, yeah, dad, but what about this? Look at that. He, he'll get it. It's just the coolest experience I've had playing a turn-based game uh, with my son. And it completely happened organically. And it makes me love Wild Frost even more because uh, it has become like a daddy-son experience for us. I hope, I hope two weeks from now he walks in and he just goes, 
Hey, Dad. Remember all that Wild Frost I played with you? You owe me Smash Brothers. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's like yeah, part of the long con. He, totally. I thought you loved Wild Frost. Oh, I did. It was good. Now get over here and pick your main. We got some <laughs> Smash to play. <laughs> I would not put it past him. That's for sure. Uh, we are almost finished, Christian. We've also been playing, um, you know, when he gets time. I've been trying to do video games as like a, not just you go off and do it, but like we play together type of thing. And we have almost finished um, Shredder's Revenge. Uh, Ooh. We're playing oh, nice. it together, the two of us. Um, and it's been so much fun. We like play one level and then we're done and then we go and do something else. So it's been really slow going, but uh, it's awesome. And he's, you know, he's talking about all his, you know, who I should, daddy, I don't know if I should play Michelangelo or if I should play Leonardo <laughs> and daddy, I get the pizza, I get the pizza, you know, like that. It's all very I, fun. I sent you this picture, Kyle. I need to send it to you as well. Yeah. I have this mini Cade, Turtles mini Cade behind me. And I came into my office once and my oldest daughter was playing both characters <laughs> and i was like oh i got a goat kid like no one's ever gonna call her a fake gamer girl because i have that picture saved you know? She's, who are you maining both dad both okay <laughs> with her great. with her feet she's uh she's also got a little combat X going on you know <laughs> i gotta get the x-men cab so she can like fully mm. use all of her appendages <laughs> incredible <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anyway, I highly recommend Wild Frost, even if you don't have uh, a six-year-old to play with. I, uh, <laughs> I highly recommend that game. I think it is, honestly, I think it's going to show up on my end of the year list. I can't, I can't believe how good it is. Like it's, I've played dozens of these kinds of games of varying quality and some I've gotten really enamored with and others felt not that great. This is best of the best as far as i'm concerned it is so so well made so good and so satisfying on so many levels it's the diablo 4 of card based <laughs> i just saw the picture that's great oh it's so good <laughs> awesome all right well that's going to do it for this episode of dlc we do have parting gifts coming up so stick around for those but khalif adams it's always awesome when you stop by. Thank you for being here, as always. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. As always, always dope to be able to rock with y'all, talk about games, talk about life, yeah. all that business. That's uh, so great. Thank you again for having me and, and letting me rock. Of course, of course. Tell folks where they can follow you and all the awesome stuff that you do online. You can check out Spawn On Me. It's a show that I've done for now 10 years, 10 years long bearded no, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can check us out on on all podcast platforms we've been uh we're, we're now hosted by spotify which is great because we're doing some fun stuff over there on the video side and gonna do some some little weird offshoots of some 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 extra content there as well so that's been a lot of fun uh we do our show usually on wednesday evenings live at twitch.tv slash on me uh, you can check out the show on twitch uh, we just had some really great uh, com uh, commentary and, and conversations with the folks from Blizzard uh, talking to their narrative team. So there's a great episode there. Our six uh, Street Fighter 6 review is up there as well alongside on our YouTube channel. So go check that out as well at youtube.com slash spawn on me. And I'm going to be covering everything I possibly can with these with these big feet uh, when I go to L.A. and roll around and see like, oh, yeah, walking. That's a thing that I haven't done in a long time because I'm still at home. <laughs> 
Um, so it'll be a lot of that next week. So you'll be able to check out all our coverage of Summer Games Fest, all the stuff from the Xbox Showcase, all of those goodies uh, coming to you this week and a little bit next week. So Amazing. all those things coming through. Can't wait to see it. You always yeah. do great coverage. So thank Fantastic. you. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Well, people want to email me directly, they can. It's christian.spicer at gmail.com. You can also find that on my website, christianspicer.com. I blog there occasionally. Um, I have a newsletter I write occasionally. Uh, I'm working on the new one, but it has been slow going. But that's at tinyletter.com slash christianspicer. And it's the premise of uh, too much of a good thing. You know, are we missing more monoculture moments because we have for example, Tears of the Kingdom, Street Fighter VI, Diablo IV, uh, all of these things that can be entirely life-consuming. Um, uh, what's the glass glass half empty a view of too many <laughs> games? Uh, <laughs> so that's what that one's going to be. But the reason why that's been on the back burner is, as you mentioned at the top of the episode, Feeling This Season 2 debuts June 23rd with the return of Feeling This Fridays. Alex Solman and I have been making some incredible episodes. We're excited for folks to listen. The audio version is edited in a way, uh, I think, that brings it to life more than Season 1. And we also are bringing video versions to the table this season as well. Um, so pulling together B-roll of footage for the game for talking about and to highlight some of those moments in a way that make the video version additive and not just just a video version, which I think is cool, but I'm trying to make it an additive experience. And there's actually different edits between the audio version and the video version. Something that works well in audio doesn't work well in video and vice versa. So starting June 23rd, um, season two will premiere and I hope folks check it out, which they can by becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash DLC pod at any level. You can get all of season one available now and season two as it starts dropping later this month. Great time to join the uh, the folks that are supporting the show. Of course, we would never ask anyone to support if it puts you into any kind of financial hardship. Uh, there are easy ways to support the show for free, including leaving reviews about the show on your podcast app of choice or just posting about the show on social media, sharing episodes of the show with your friends. All those are very free ways you can support the show. But if you are able to, now is a great time to hop on the uh, Patreon because Feeling This is coming and we got uh, all kinds of fun content for you uh, every single week. And as Christian said, any level of patron support gets you Feeling This, season two and season one. Uh, so check it out, patreon.com slash pod. Also, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff Canato, which is spelled with two N's and one T. I have several other things for you to check out, including the Filmcast, which is a show about uh, movies and TV shows where we review uh, David Chen, DaVinci Hardware, and I talking about all the biggest releases. Uh, this week's episode is uh, Across the Spider-Verse, which I know Christian's going to bring up in just a second. Uh, very fun episode we did with Dan Gvozdin, who is uh, one of the world's leading Spider-Man-ologists. Just knows everything there is about Spider-Man. Uh, and uh, I do a podcast uh, called We Have Concerns, which is a comedy science show with Anthony Carboni. Uh, you can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. It's a fun time and a great way to learn something and laugh along the way. I also do a sports podcast called the fan controlled show for fan controlled sports and entertainment which ka has also worked for and with uh fun times uh you can find that 
uh, fan-controlled sports and entertainment on uh, YouTube or Spotify, anywhere you get podcasts as well. Uh, and then the, you know, the book club, the DLC book club, I hope you're reading with us. It's fun. It's really great. Uh, you can find that on my YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. Or, or if you're a patron, you get the audio feed uh, as a podcast. So check that out as well. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. God, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? Ooh, um, not a real suggestion, but a thing that I did that I thought was really fun and cool. Mm. I think you might do in your local town or city. I went and saw my first live comedy show, which was which was really fun. And it was one of my favorite comedians. Margaret Cho was here in Portland. Ah, I got a chance awesome. to see her last night. She is great. It's funny because I remember the first time I'd seen her, which was on an HBO one night stand special in 1994. Wow. Uh, and now seeing her kind of rocking it all these years later, it just was really, really fantastic to see her get in, get on stage and just kill it. She's just great and raunchy and rowdy and political and all the things that I wanted from a, from a comedy show. So she was great. So I would say, go, go check out some local comedy talent in your, in your city. I think that's a, it's a fun way to spend an evening and, and, and get some, some laughs. And it's not like, I don't know someone who might be a comedian who might be on, on, on our show as well. So I'm just saying it, it was really fun. And I think you should go do that for sure. Great suggestion. Love it. Yeah. Christian Spicer. Parting gift? I will say Margaret Cho is great, and she's a comedian who has continued to push. Not that all uh, comedians at her level of, like, you know, greatest to do the thing start coasting, but many do. But Margaret does not coast. She continues to push and is constantly breaking down barriers with her comedy, which is something that I think anyone would hope to do with their art. She's incredible. My parting gift is another piece of art that I think continues to push and break barriers. Um, I took the kids to see Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. I think it is the most visually beautiful movie I've ever seen. And I've seen the first one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I've seen Mitchell's versus the machines and uh, some of these other pulls a, um, it pulls an NVIDIA video card release on the first one. It's garbage now! <laughs> I mean, it just puts it... To, it's like, I thought that was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen until I saw a cross. I, I <laughs> talked about this for the Super Mario Brothers. I mean, Super Mario Bros. movie. Sorry, Jeff. I know you hate it when people call it Brothers. Um, and That's how backwards. Oh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but how every frame of that film could be a poster... And I think every frame of Across the Spider-Verse is not only a poster, but within that frame, you could like, you know, Minority Report, pinch, zoom, zoom in, and you could find another whole poster that's just in the bottom corner of this otherwise this beautiful frame. posters all the way down is what it is. It's just it, posters it, it really all the is. way down. My universe is just posters. And no spoilers anything I'm going to say. The last thing I'm going to say about it, though, is I was blown away by how a movie that is so bright, bold, loud, uh, is so comfortable in silence. Mm. And I think uh, myself included, uh, don't spend enough time in silence and the impact of what that can bring to a story or to a film can be transformative. And I think across the spider verse played in those worlds 
those universe eye <laughs> beautifully. And it is a stunning film and another triumph for that entire team. And dare I say, uh, what I find so amazing about it or incredible or spectacular is how it isn't resting on its laurels of being Spider-Man and it's continual continuing to tell new stories in a universe that is so well tread. And I, uh, I'm blown away. Yeah, it's not even it's not even resting on its laurels of being a sequel to one of the greatest Spider-Man movies ever made. It's it's like, oh, yeah, no, that movie was great, but let's oh, I don't know, improve on it in every possible way. How about we do that? Yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing. It's a it's a masterpiece in my opinion. All right, my uh, parting gift is a new. Uh, New stand-up special, uh, talking about stand-up. A new stand-up special I checked out uh, last night on HBO, or I guess Max now is what it's called. It's an HBO special on Max. I don't know. Uh, It's Sarah Sarah Silverman's new special. She's also a a goat-tier stand-up and has been doing it a long time. And her new special is called Someone You Love. It's extremely funny. It is brilliant. It's so... (laughs) so biting and smart and incredible. And she minds, uh, as she often does, very um, controversial and uh, third rail type topics, but does it so deftly and hilariously. Uh, She's awesome. And it's a very, very funny special. So I highly recommend Sarah Silverman, Someone You Love on HBO. Uh, We also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Before I get to it, I want (laughs) to acknowledge that last week, I had a lot of emails about this, posts (laughs) and tweets. (laughs) I understand, I recognize uh, that uh, last week's listener-suggested parting gift had been suggested before. It was a parting gift that was a repeat from a different different person uh, much earlier and uh, just because I didn't realize that at the time doesn't mean I don't realize it now uh, <laughs> and doesn't mean that I don't think it's fine. It's fine to have uh, repeats of parting gifts because that just means that uh, more than one person thought it was a good idea to suggest it. And I, but I want to uh, apologize because um, Daniel... Uh, wrote in and said, hey, uh, back on November 12th, 2021, I suggested the same thing. But I think, uh, you know, almost two years later, a year and a half later, we can suggest the same thing again. It's okay. Hey, it's episode 498 and we've never done a clip show. Yes, Jeff and I did have babies to keep the show fresh, but every show needs to have something. (laughs) Anyway, I appreciate, I apologize for for the repeat, but I think it's cool. I don't mind doing repeats. If more, if if people are still thinking it's a good suggestion to have on a parting gift, oh, go for it. Anyway, today's parting gift, I don't think we've said before. This comes from Sean, <laughs> who says, hey guys, I, I got another parting gift for you. It's a two-parter. And one of those parts is not just one movie, but 100 movies. Specifically, I'm talking about AFI's top 100 American movies of all time. It's a list curated by the American Film Institute in 2007 of 100 movies that represent the best and most culturally significant films in American history. And as we all know, there have been no movies since 2007. <laughs> so there's nothing to worry about. Uh, Sean goes on to say, so far I've, I've seen 66 of these movies and I'm having the time of my life. 
Normally, I tend to steer clear of musicals or black and white movies, but Singing in the Rain and The Treasure of the Sierra Madre have now become two of my top 10 personal best movies I've ever seen. Check these films out, learn about film history and what makes these classics. These movies inspired your favorite filmmakers, and it's fascinating to see. The other part of my parting gift is the podcast that inspired me to watch these movies, Unspooled, hosted by film critic Amy Nicholson and actor Paul Shear. Each episode has them watching one film from the list and discussing it, putting it in context, seeing how it holds up, and if they think it deserves to be higher, lower, or on the list at all. Look these films up. Many of them are available on streaming services, and then listen to Unspooled to get a little more insight into the film. Thanks and take care, Sean. Awesome. So again, that's the AFI Top 100 Films of All Time and Unspooled, the podcast. Uh, I, I got to tell you, Paul Shear has been on the Filmcast, my podcast, uh, a number of times, mostly to review Transformers movies. And he is a delight. Uh, so There's uh, another one of those coming out. Hmm. I know. We've, <laughs> we're hoping to get him again. He's, you know, busy guy. He's a, he's, he's a big, big star. So uh, we'll see. But he's, uh, he's always been very gracious and wonderful to us. Um, so yeah, he's got a lot of really great podcasts and unspooled is one of them. Thank you, Sean, for sending that suggestion. If you'd like to have your parting gift around the show, even if it's been, even if it's been said before, send it to us. DLC feedback at gmail.com is where you send those. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Khalif Adams and Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L, Sean Madigan and Zero Star for making those fun bumpers. Our theme song was composed by white cube which is t ryan arnold and jason sherry uh we need to thank our patrons because without them we would not be making this show thank you patrons for supporting us our top tier patrons the hype train patrons get their names read out at the end of every episode which i'm gonna do right now yeah it's time i tell you about all our patrons at the hype train level. No oh, yes, way. I tell you, it's Jason Novak and Octavian Ratsiu and Taylor Wigert. It's Christian Bravery and Josh Peak. It's Jad and Peter Oldberg. It's Nick Strauss Klein and Michael Stadler and Michael Buck. It's, it's Travis and Jackson and Mike Lombardo and Soren Silk. It's the Spice Man Silencer and Albert of the Stuff and Junk Show podcast it's 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 yick and zachary white it's jonathan spiceman forever slept for it's nate and jenny and ben it's Stu goss and kevin brazel it's scott hughes it's 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 dan palmino and Malcolm king it's jimmy radcliffe mark gowland it's mitchell ness and will with one l harris it's jonathan putney jeff luxack it's matt bradley it's Jonathan Talbert and Victor Valenzuela. It's Adam Denby. It's Scooby Diesel and Hank Patton and Cheesy Bob and Adam Denby. It's Sasan and Rob Rickman. It's Kylie Knox and Dan Flanagan. It's Anthony Goulas and Kyle Starr. It's Andy Joyce and Michael S. It's Relentless Rex. It's Matt Valdez and John Sisko. It's Curtis from Louisville. It's David Epp. It's the comedian Aaron Trahan. 
It's Hyperboy66. It's Scott Lambert. It's Brian Jordan and Joe DeFrank. It's Kevin Ede. It's Stephen T. Seifert. It's Rob Wonder Rob Dominguez. It's Dwayne T. Robinson. It's Tyler Buckwild Road. These are the folks that make their names known on the hype train. Thank you so much for supporting our show and making it possible at the highest levels. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.